Hey everybody, thanks for listening. There's now enough of you that I have some new sponsors. So thank you so much for uh, supporting the show. Uh, as always, if you're sitting on Spotify listening, why not just click that five star on the review and uh, follow the show. That way every time we have a new episode, it'll just pop right up there for you on your Spotify account. Uh, today's episode was recorded on my birthday. Yep, yep, yep. I'm getting up there. 40 is just on the horizon. And, uh, anywho, my guest for this episode talks about her travels all over the world. She's lived in some crazy awesome places. We go over her spirituality and so much more. So enjoy my talk with the lovely Rachel Raspberry. It's the cadets welcome to the anytime podcast i'm your host brad white and what you may not know and what my guests may not know is that today is my 37th birthday and most people take time on their birthday to reflect on the past or look ahead to the future what could we change what do we need to improve but i think what better way to celebrate than with the present of the present. And what better guest to have on the podcast today than embodiment teacher, Rachel Raspberry. Rachel, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fabulous. I'm fabulous, especially after hearing that today is your birthday and you have chosen to spend today with me. Oh, happy birthday, my love. I'm so Thank happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm I'm well. I'm really well. Thank you. That's great. Are you a fan of podcasts? Do you listen to them much? Yes, I am a huge podcast lover. I'm always filling my space with, well, when I am filling my space, <laughs> I'm filling it with like educational, like inspirational content and things that really um, help me give like, give me a new perspective on something I'm interested in. Usually it's like self-improvement or human design or astrology or things like that, but personal development, all of that. But yeah, so yeah any, I love it. Any uh, podcast that's mind expanding, I'm all about. Yes, same. Um, any particular ones you'd recommend? Like your favorites? Oh, I have a few. Okay. Um, it's, it's the Expanded podcast with Lacey Phillips of To Be Magnetic. Amazing. Uh, Natalia Benson, the podcast, uh, a new narrative, uh, sound food. <laughs> I have a lot. I could, awesome. I could probably go on for like an hour of all like my favorite podcasts and, oh, yeah, me you too. know, cause you could just, yeah, yeah. Um, Everybody I just has like their own unique flavor that they bring to the space. And, and I, and I love, I love to get to experience that 
that playing off of each other, you know what I mean? Because, and the one that's, that's particularly coming to mind right now is sound food, because it's just a very spacious, very spacious um, meeting place, you could call it, uh, where there's, yeah, like in this in this moment, that's really what I'm feeling to bring through is just that that attention to like the the space and just experiencing what you're in, you mean? Experiencing this this interaction right now that right. I'm having with you and what's wanting to be shared through me, which is coming from my heart um, and the divine. I feel like it's all one and the same thing. It's a beautiful perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, what I appreciate with podcasting, especially when there's, you know, not just one person rambling on for an hour is you can take your point of view and it feels like a picture, like a two dimensional thing. And once there's that second view, it adds another level of depth to it. And, yeah. Uh, you can really yeah. get a new perspective. Um, yeah, one, definitely. one podcast I really enjoy is called mind under matter. It's, mm -hmm. uh, these two comedians, Shane Moss and Ramin Nazer and Ramin is, uh, very into the mysticism type stuff. And Shane is more of like a, all about the science, um, bit of a skeptic and they're like, the oh, best, that's a fun play. They're like the best of friends. So it's fun watching them like. <laughs> Well, maybe it's like this. Well, I can see that maybe, but probably like, <laughs> and like they get along so well, but their views are so different. And it's really fun. Um, That's cool. I love yeah. that. I love that dynamic. But uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about you for a minute. Uh, mm. You're a bit of a nomad to mm -hmm. uh, understate it. Uh, <laughs> where, where are you uh, these days? So at present, I'm in Northern California and making my way further north up to San Francisco's feeling like the final destination this time around. Okay. So, but yeah, I've, I'm, I've found a soft place to land for the time being, just get grounded in all of my gypsy life travels for a minute and just kind <laughs> of get some rest and which is really big for me. And, um, yeah, so that that's where I'm at right now. I'm in Northern California. Well, that's so cool. You're uh, you're breaking out of the grid, it seems, and yeah, <laughs> and I think and I think in doing that, I mean, you have to have a lot of people that are really interested in your life. I would imagine, right? Because everyone's um, you know nine to five, day jobs, uh, stuck yeah. in a rut, and you're doing what you want with your life or letting life happen. Yeah. Yeah. I find that people are either really curious and interested in my life, or they just think I'm nuts and like completely unrealistic. <laughs> it's like one or the other. Well, yeah. I guess it's how you frame things and that's everything is yeah. perspective. Mm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, you said you wanted to end up in San Francisco. Uh, I have a close friend that's living out there and uh, he just, he's 
37 and just retired. He was a uh, Silicon Valley programmer type guy and things went really well yeah. for him. But uh, mm. now he's kind of living your lifestyle, exploring the world and exploring what he wants to do with all this time he has now. Mm. And uh, he says San Francisco feels like the best place to be for uh, oh, you know, discovering all the secrets in the nooks and crannies of his own mind. And uh, Oh, that's beautiful. Good for him. Yeah. He's, yeah. Retirement uh, at 37. That's a dream. Yeah, and now he can make life into what he wants it to be, not unlike what mm -hmm. you're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah, I find that, you know, society really conditions us to find a career and then that's your life, right? Sure. Or like to start, start, find a career, start a family, you know, the whole, uh, and that, that vibe definitely works for some people. I'm certainly not bashing it by any means, but it's also not. Also, at the same time, it's not what life is all about, you know, life is about living your passions, living your dreams, um, leaning into your edge, taking risks, touching all the places and spaces inside of yourself and out in the world that you feel like pulled towards, you know, sure. So I, I love it. I love to hear a good story of early retirement <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? because it right because it just it shows what's possible and that's what the expanded podcast that i recommended earlier is all about is just really it's just about showing people what's possible for themselves so i, I love a good early retirement story and 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 that's very exciting for your friend i'm very I happy for him you get you get like a contact high hanging out with him yes he's, oh i'm he's sure just, he's just raw positivity like there's not a single person <laughs> that meets him that isn't like man i love that guy because <laughs> He's just so happy to experience life. And that's what we're yeah. all trying to get to. Absolutely. Um, real quick, we don't have to uh, delve into this too far, but I just wanted to go over some of the places you've uh, spent time in over the last, uh, what's it been, 15-ish years since I've seen you. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's where, been where a while. have you been? <laughs> Gosh, all over the place. Um, so I imagine that, yeah, the last time I saw you, I was still living in Arizona. Yeah, Glendale, uh, Asheria. Yeah, wow, that was like 10 lifetimes ago. I know, right? <laughs> like I've been like 10 different people since then. Um, yeah, wow. Um, well, it, it kind of all began when I moved from Arizona to Venice Beach, California in okay. 2009 and that really set things in motion for me as far as like becoming a nomad and really diving deep into myself and deep into my path and um so after five like full-on intense like <laughs> years in venice beach california um i reached a point where i just felt this strong desire to go like globe trotting so Spent some time traveling around Australia, then spent some time traveling around the sacred sites of Egypt with a group of light workers. That was fantastic. That was absolutely transformational for me on like a deep soul level. Um, and then I ended up in Peru uh, for a women's ayahuasca journey in the Andes Mountains. 
Okay, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. You realize, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm an I'm an open book. I'm an open book. Um. So, my brother uh, was the first one that told me anything about ayahuasca or DMT, but I thought, wow, this is interesting. Um, the people that experience that have a lot of similar stories. Um, and the synchronicities are a little, uh, mind blowing, mm -hmm. um, in your experience in that ceremony, did you feel like you went somewhere like yes. somewhere other than here? I went deep within. <laughs> so from your perspective, it's an internal journey. Oh, 100% everything is. Because uh, there's definitely different schools of thought on what's going on there with ayahuasca. Mm. Um, I've heard the super spiritual. Uh, I met entities that uh, felt like home. Some people are convinced it's aliens. Some people are convinced, like you said, I'm kind of coming face to face with my own inner emotions. Mm. Um, what was that? experience like for you and what was the uh following the time following like for you hmm. <laughs> well first let me just preface by saying that prior to me finding out about this ayahuasca retreat in peru i had begun a couple of years prior i had a major spiritual awakening um which is to say, I woke up from the dream of separation. I woke up from my ego identified mind and started to experience life from a different point of view. Uh, what from I like to a, call the truth, the truth of my being. Almost like a you're living as a we and not as an I. Um, it, it, there were tastes of that. There was like a perfume of that. Um, I was still very much, there was definitely, it was very much still my own personal experience, but there was, yes, in a spiritual awakening and it's, it's, it's so difficult to describe it in words, but the best I'm, you know, the best that I could, could say is yes, you do get that taste of we consciousness rather than I, that oneness, that unity consciousness, like a, a perfume of that. Sure. So I had been after that experience in 2013, that awakening experience that I had, I found myself making some major life changes, lifestyle changes. Uh, you know, prior to that, I was, you know, um, very heavy into the party scene. And so I, and I had a lot of like deep trauma that I had been repressing and, and wasn't really feeling, you know, I, I was just a master escape artist, basically, for, okay. of my, escaping from myself. So when I had this awakening, I, all of this stuff started to come up in me for, for me to face that. So I was like getting into this um, path of personal transformation and working with different healers and learning about the, the energy bodies and, and just going deep in that world. And I started to hear like whispers in, in the community, like the health and wellness community, community about, about ayahuasca. And it was like, just like a little seed that got planted. 
so when I was in Australia, I ended up finding out this very serendipitous how I found out about this retreat. Um, but when I saw that it was being hosted on a friend, like an acquaintance really on her Facebook page, I was like, I'm supposed to be at that. Like it was like a soul calling I knew. And that's one thing that I have to say about plant working with plant medicine in that way is it's not for everybody. And it is a calling because it is deep, deep ceremony work. It's not sure. psychedelics. It's not a party drug. It's deep ceremony. And so when I felt called to go to that retreat, I, I showed up. Now, there's a whole other story leading up to that first ceremony. I, I sat in ceremony for five nights drinking ayahuasca. Um, and I came face to face with parts of myself that I had been running from my entire life. And the realizations and the epiphanies that were blossoming within me uh, were just like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. This is why my relationship with my mom is like this. This is why this is my relationship with my skin is like this. Blah, 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 blah. Like it was just like whoosh, 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 whoosh. And I and I'm little literally in the fetal position in a maloka, which is like this. It's like this hut um, and it's you, you drink at night. So it's darkness and there's one candle in the center of the room and, and the women, it was all women. And we were all had a little mat to lay on with a blanket in, you know, around a circle around the candle. And there's a Shipibo Maestra in there who is like, she sings the song. They're called Icaros. They're like plant medicine songs. Yes. I've heard of and, these. Yes. And, um, so, you know, I I'm, I'm in the fetal position on my, and this is just the first night I'm in the fetal position, just like going everywhere in my life. And all the lines were blurred and yet nothing in and yet life never felt more clear. Um, yeah. And, 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 and it was those five ceremonies were some of the hardest, they were, they were, it was some of the hardest things I've ever done. <laughs> I've, uh, I've definitely heard that as a common experience with ayahuasca. Yes. Um, it forces you to deal with your shit, so to speak. Um, yes. Yes. But, uh, I also understand that most people after going through that intense experience are glad they did absolutely it frees oh God, you right yeah. it frees you from guilt it frees you from shame it uh frees you from fear uh and w will i ever go through that experience that's that's uh that remains to be seen but uh okay i was I'm, curious I'm, if you felt the call <laughs> Uh, I, I, I feel the uh, interest in it. I, I don't know if I'll ever uh, dive into that, but I'm definitely mm. fascinated by it. Um, and it's great to be able to talk to someone firsthand that's been through it and uh, hear more about it. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you know, I don't want to 
make that the focus of this because we have a lot to talk about uh, with your project. Um, mm -hmm. So that is through rachelraspberry.com. Uh, you are a spiritual embodiment mentor. Uh, for the listeners, how do you define embodiment? Yeah. So to be embodied is to be the living expression of something. So to be the living expression of your values, um, to, to be the lived experience of the spiritual teachings or intellectual teachings that you take in from life that start in here and they click and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Or, oh yeah, I, I wanna live that way or I wanna view life that way. It's taking that intellectual understanding of, or, or this is what I wanna change about my life. This is what's working, this, what, this is what isn't and making it a lived experience, bringing it into the body, bringing it into the way of being in the world that is embodiment well that's something i think uh, everyone can benefit from <laughs> absolutely and yeah so why why is it so hard for people like are we lacking motivation do we have the wrong mindset is it the whole instant gratification uh world we're living in now with social media and marijuana at the corner store and Netflix, where you can, you know, which million things do you want to watch? Is it, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> a million things to watch, but yet nothing, nothing that you want to watch. <laughs> yeah. Scrolling. Million things to choose from, but nothing. Yes. Scrolling yeah, for you, hours. Scrolling for two hours to watch a TV show because you only had half an hour. <laughs> That's my life. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually a combination of all of those things. You know, I think, um, I mean, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. I think instant gratification is, and short attention spans and the, the lack of desire to do hard things. I think that's what keeps people from really uh, making ch changes in their life that are going to really transform their experience of life for the better. Um, sure. And yeah, a lot of it, yeah, like a lot of it is mindset. A lot of it is subconscious beliefs and programs, you know, um, that people aren't even aware of are running their life and like ruling their interactions with the world, you know? And um, I think also a lot, you know, in, in, in the culture we live in now, like I said, you know, attention spans are very short. So people are looking for instant results or looking for one and done. But the thing is, this is a lifelong path. It's something that you choose in every moment of every day. It's not something that you just go to, you know, like I went to that ayahuasca retreat, right, for 11 days in, in the mountains. Did it, was it transformational deep way? Absolutely. Uh, is that the only way that I can go deep within in that way? No, at the time it was, and it broke, it helped me break open to go deeper within myself in that way and not need plant medicine in that, in that way that I needed it at that time. So it's, it's an openness and a willingness to show up for yourself every moment of yeah. every day. And that can be really hard. It takes courage. It takes dedication and a deep desire to really like, experience your life to the fullest and be present for it all sure so. uh yeah i think it's uh 
Well, actually, so I just recorded a podcast. Uh, we did an episode on video games, mm-hmm. and we were talking about um, like the concept in video games that's getting everyone addicted to them is mm-hmm. like these little rewards. You do this task mm-hmm. in the game, you get this little reward, and mm-hmm. people go nuts for that. So why yeah. is it they're so willing to work hard in the video game but don't want to do the work in real life that's going to give them tangible benefits? Like, yeah. isn't that strange? It's strange and also totally understandable. Because it's relaxation. <laughs> it is. It is. It's checking out in a way, uh, which there's nothing wrong with checking out from time to time. You know, I do it. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there, that when you have an addiction to it, that's when it becomes problematic. But, sure. Yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, the, I don't mind doing these tasks because they don't mean anything. Like, there's not <laughs> wait, if, I, if I do a crappy job, it's just a video game. But I'm scared to yeah. do the thing in real life because if I mess mm. it up, I have to deal with those consequences. And people mm. are too scared of their own flaws instead of uh, being proud of their own strengths, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it can be scary. It can be scary to, and also um, none of us, none of the people walking this planet are exempt from trauma. Oh, sure. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? We all have a story. We all have things. We've all had experiences in our lives that have shaped us into the people that we are. And so, you know, and there's also this pressure to take life seriously as well. Um, and that it's so serious um, how we're perceived by others and that it's that it matters so much that we the ego a lot of us are walking walking around with a clenched stomach like ready to kind of fight like it's us against the world you know like not, not all of us but I, I mean that that was my personal experience where it's like okay if something happens that's triggering or challenging or an obstacle arises i'm doing something wrong it's like actually no like that stuff comes up to help you grow to help you expand right to right so it's experience it's a lesson possibly it's mm-hmm. it's priming you for future things that are going to be so much harder than this problem that's in front of you. <laughs> At least that's uh, my take on it. Um, now, with your, uh, your master class, how, like, how does that divide up? Like, what, what is someone experiencing in a master class? Well, this was, this was my first master class. Um, oh, that yeah. I've ever taught. So I was, you know, I, I certainly had planned it to the T because that helps me feel comfortable sure. <laughs> in situations. Good to be prepared. Um, but I, good to be prepared. Yes. But I, I was also kind of winging it. So, um, but I stand behind everything that I share in that masterclass, you know, um, simply because it's, it's all of the practices and the tools and the teachings that I live my life by that have allowed me to live a life that of like non-circumstantial inner peace and joyfulness, no matter what is happening in my external environment. And so, you know, in the masterclass, we, 
I broke it up into, you know, what I call like the five foundations. I'm not going to talk too much about it because sure. I would love to invite your <laughs> listeners. Like it's, it's a free masterclass available on my website. So if they want to check it out, they can go, you know, they can do that there. But basically I broke it up into, you know, the five, five foundational and embodiment is such a vast topic. You know, you could really go deep in there, but I, I packed in as much value as I could talking about everything from subconscious beliefs and meditation and attitudes that you can uh, bring into your life that are going to help shift your dialogue your inner dialogue with life and the way that you interact with life so that it's more uplifting, it's more empowering to you. So it, I, I thought it was a total success. I thought for my first masterclass, it went really well. So that's great. I'm excited to share that with people and, and keep that available for free. So people can really get a taste of what I'm here to bring and, and, and get to know me a little bit better in that way. Yeah. Cause it seems like, uh, a lot of what people worry about, you know, in a normal day, how much of that is wasted energy? How much of those things we're worrying about don't even end up being that big of a deal? Doesn't it feel like we magnify our fears and minimize our joys? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think um, until we realize that we're not our thoughts, but the one who's witnessing the thoughts happening, you believe everything that's going on in the head, in the mind. And, um, you know, I speak a lot in my work about like suffering. And I think sometimes when people see that, they're like, whoa, like that's an intense word. Like I'm not suffering. But when, but think about it, when you're, when you're stuck in the mind and you're having worries and anxiety and fear and depression, that's suffering. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's inner turmoil. Right. So a lot of what I teach and share is is really there's a huge emphasis on uh, mindfulness practices and particularly meditation and breath work and becoming and, and also self inquiry work where you're becoming intimately acquainted with your mind and your thoughts in a way that you can start to create space between the thoughts happening and the noticing of thoughts happening without you having to do anything to make them appear. They just arise and subside on their own, of their own accord, right? So therefore you start to notice that there is a watcher present and you're cultivating that in your meditation practice. And that is training for life that you can begin to implement out in your everyday life when you're not just on the meditation pillow. Cause it, any personal practice is just training for life, right? So then you can go out in the world and instead of reacting to life from your past pain and program programming of your subconscious beliefs and, and programs in there, you can have that space, that pause of conscious awareness. Okay. How do I want to respond to right. this? Or do I even need to? Or even, or right. Or, or do I, even a lot need of to? it seems like, uh, we feel like we owe our negative thoughts a reply. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just have to say, okay, thank you, and move on to the next thought. Or yes. um, at least, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts uh, in this arena. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of teachers that I've enjoyed interviews with, like Raghu Marcus or 
the late Ram Dass or mm. uh, Byron Katie, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They all teach that you don't owe your thoughts anything. If you have no. a negative thought and you don't want to deal with that, say thank you. You, if it, I mean, obviously we all have problems we have to deal with in life, but don't let your whole life be dwelling on the next problem. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like we solve a problem and our immediate reflex is, okay, what's the next thing I have to worry about? Mm-hmm. And how do we break out of that? You know, it's, it's work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, th- this is the kind of stuff I've, over COVID, <laughs> I've gotten into, you know, a lot of these types of uh, teachings and books and um, yeah, it's breaking a habit. Hmm. And yeah. a lot of people don't even know that habits there. Mm-hmm. And you know, when, yeah. I, when I saw that you were doing this, I thought, okay, there's someone that definitely needs to come on this show because th- that's the kind of podcast I like look for when I'm like, you know, I need something to listen to for two hours at work. Yeah. To, to be able to Aww. do it, to be able to do it is just a blessing. So thank you again. Um, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that you thought of me and it was so lovely to receive your message, you know, um, because I'm, even though I've been living this for the past eight years and, you know, almost nine years and people have come to me, felt drawn to me over that period of time for guidance. I've only just recently started coming out as, as a guide, like as a teacher. And so this is all very new to me. So to have the the opportunity to be in this space and and be welcomed into this space, especially on your birthday. Oh my gosh, I feel so lucky. (laughs) I just, it's, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, Brad. Oh no, I'm the lucky one here having you on. Um, (laughs) You mentioned, so we talked about ayahuasca briefly. Um, Where do you stand on other plant medicines? You know, I mean, every, it's like everyone in the world is using marijuana now, but Mm -hmm. things like, uh, psilocybin, I know not even just like, you know, going out in the woods and doing mushrooms a couple times a year, which is very common practice as like a reset for people. But then Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, microdosing, which they've shown to help with depression. I know people are using, uh, uh, psilocybin and even other drugs that I, I don't know enough details to talk about, like MDMA and ketamine. Are -hmm. these things you've witnessed people having uh, tremendous benefits with as far as, um, treating trauma and improving their lives? Hmm. I know that was a lot. (laughs) I have a very strong opinion about this. There's not a wrong answer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that permission slip. Um, So 
first and foremost, I want to say that plants are teachers. And um, if, if a person feels guided to work with a plant in a particular way for a particular reason, I think that person has autonomy to decide what's best for them. Set and setting, right? Set and setting. Mm-hmm. And also, I think there can sometimes be switching switching one addiction for another, or there can be for, for a more socially acceptable, politically acceptable, you know, um, where you're, there can still be this looking outside of yourself. I need this thing to be okay. I need this thing outside of myself so that I can be okay. Uh, so that I can know myself better. And I think there's a time and a place for that. And I think, um, you know, for example, in my own experience working with plant medicine, I worked a lot with it when I lived in Peru for the three and a half years I was living there, not just the ayahuasca retreat, but also Wachuma, San Pedro is another name it's known by. And I did a lot of deep work with that as well. And I never partook in those ceremonies with the expectation that it was going to heal me and that it was going to give me something out that I couldn't attain within myself, just being here now without any med plant medicine of any kind or any medicine of any kind, just me. And so I think because I entered into it with that respect for the space and what, how we could communicate with each other and what it could evoke from within me and not the expectation that it's going to fix me or heal me, then I was able to have that positive interaction with it where I was free to, to just be in whatever came up in me during those ceremonies. And um, so so to sort of bring that whole thing home, I, what I encourage people, if, they, if they're curious to know my take on it, is that what I encourage them to do is to not, not look outside of themselves for anything, um, but rather to turn within. It's, it's, it's almost a, it's not giving you something, it's, maybe directing you into your own yes, mind. It's a guide. It's a guide. Exactly. Guide. It's a, it's a finger pointing at the moon, right? Sure. <laughs> don't, don't mistake the finger pointing at the moon for the moon itself. I think that's a, a Zen poem. That's right? uh, that's a perfect way to describe what I was just thinking. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah. I think now might be a good time to take a little break and, uh, We'll come back. We got a few more things and uh, listeners stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, if you want to help out the show uh, and you're listening on Spotify, uh, you can follow it. And a five star review does so much more than you could imagine to help this podcast grow. Also on Instagram, follow at the anytime podcast. Or if you're on Twitter, follow at the Anytime Pod. Uh, if you know anybody that you think would make a great guest on the podcast, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, once again, that's at the Anytime Podcast. And uh, thanks again for listening.
Welcome back to the Anytime Podcast. I'm here with Rachel Raspberry. Uh, during the break, we made the terrible mistake of still talking to each other, and uh, <laughs> it started it started to get I- interesting. And I was like, "Well, crap! I should have been recording this whole time. We uh, <laughs> we just made content, and no one will ever hear it." Uh, we, you know, we were talking about. Um, the traditions brought from the east to the west uh very much so in the 70s with minds of people like ram das or terence mckenna byron katie mean caroli baba i could go on for hours name dropping gurus but uh we went on that tangent and it started to get too interesting so we had to hit record again um yes and we talked about people letting their assumptions act as a boundary in their own lives. Mm. They don't want to come over and meditate. They don't want to reflect inward. They want to think about what's affecting them outward. And Mm. why, why are they scared to entertain these practices? Is it stigmas? Is it, Oh, that's too. And, forgive me forever for using these terms is it hippy dippy or woo woo oh god isn't doesn't that make you cringe a little bit <laughs> it does it does and you know there's so there's a few pieces to that which i feel like i want to speak on and the first is the spiritual path it can look however it you want it to look absolutely and i think you know and 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 i think speaking to the whole you know hippy dippy woo woo you know where it's like you if you're spiritual you suddenly wear like all white all the time and you never curse and you never have a negative thought or you know anything like that and it's like no that's not it at all spirituality is not about transcending your humanity it's about it's about grounding your spirit into your humanity in such a deep way that no matter whether you're washing the dishes or you're at or you're or you're sitting in meditation reciting mantras with your prayer beads it is all the same thing because it's you spirit incarnate in this body and you can be covered in tattoos you can say fuck <laughs> you can mess up right sure it doesn't it doesn't have to look this this particular way you don't suddenly have to and i think that's also part of the journey i think for a lot of people who get deep into the spiritual path you know there is an unfolding where you do take on that identity it's like switching one mask for another right but the further the deeper you go the more you're letting go of all identity all masks all ego identification you're just like this is me sometimes i'm on point sometimes i'm a hot mess (laughs) i am a human being sometimes i have like got it together and i'm clear and focused and direct and concise and other times i'm just i'm just trying to find my way home to myself but that's the beauty of being a human that's the beauty of getting to be in these bodies and that that's really the heart of spirituality and it can look however you want it to look well absolutely uh one guy now 
sorry if this gets a little too uh, Hollywood hippie for you, but uh, <laughs> one guy whose podcast I've really enjoyed, and I didn't expect to, uh, and my wife is so sick of hearing me talk about him, is uh, Pete Holmes. He was a familiar. He was a talk show host and stand-up comedian. Uh, mm-hmm. He grew up uh, evangelical. He grew up uh, scared of his own sins. Mm. Um, he married. Uh, he married his first wife when he was super young. They were both super religious. And she cheated on him. And after his divorce, he said, I don't think I'm approaching life correctly. Mm. And uh, he started leaning into spirituality. And he said, you know, at first I thought, okay, I can't be spiritual because I was raised evangelical. It collides Mm. with that. And I don't want to jump into some other religious mindset. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go be a monk. But Mm -hmm. as he delved into it, he realized, you know, this isn't about any of that. This is about what's going on inside. Mm. And if if I want to love Jesus, I can still be spiritual. If I'm atheist and I don't think there's anything that happens like lights out when you die, it's over, I can still be spiritual. If I want to go be a monk, if I want to uh, live that agnostic path where I'm, I don't know what's going on. I'm just searching for answers, man. I can be spiritual that way. And everyone has this uh, preconceived notion of, what spiritual is and it's really what you make of it and you know once i started reading about a lot of these types of things my wife's like you're not going to be a a different guy in like a couple months and i'm not going to know who i'm living with and i was like don't worry i'm not going to you know move to india and uh sit at the feet of these worshiped gurus and uh change who I am, but yeah, I might change who I am in a sense of being more present, appreciating mm. what I have, um, not needing mm. so much. Yeah. And who would be upset about that? Mm. Right. Certainly not someone who's worth keeping around. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's definitely worth keeping yeah. around. She's so understanding and patient and the sweetest. Beautiful. So I am beyond lucky to Mm. have her for the rest of my life. And, um, Mm. that's, that's, that's the, that's another thing is whether you're, you know, committed to somebody or you're a nomad waking up to a new day going, what can we possibly do with all of this? (laughs) I promise you exploring inward is not going to hurt any of that. Um, Mm. What's your take on all that? Oh, wow. (sighs) Yeah. Life, life just gets better and better. 
the more tuned into yourself that you are. And it's not to say that one day you just wake up and life is never hard again. Uh, it's not about that at all. It's that you, you learn to fall in love with all of the experiences of your life. And that's what makes it feel so rich and fulfilling is the presence with the tough times and the good times. And because when we truly know ourselves, and you're grounded in your own two shoes and your own presence, everything around you transforms. And it's not that anything outside of you has changed. It's that your relationship with it has. Absolutely. That's, that's inner peace. That's inner peace. I heard it described this way, and I wish I could remember who said it because I would immediately give them credit for it. But they said, think of your life like a show on Netflix. And each day is an episode. Make it a good episode. Mm. What, like if you... Yummy. If you watch an episode and the guy wins the lottery, yeah, that's a good episode. If you watch a show <laughs> and the guy goes through some crazy stuff and there's, you know, drama and tension and uh, fear that everything's going to work out, that's still a good episode. Mm. Make it interesting. Mm. I'm not saying, you know, go throw caution to the wind. I'm saying don't be afraid to experience your day yes yeah exactly and why like i i feel like i'm asking you these all these questions that don't have answers but it's like what is so terrifying about that for people yeah i don't know i i sit with these thoughts all the time <laughs> It's the fear of the unknown. And shouldn't we be excited about that? I I think so. <laughs> but I but I've also been on the other side of the, I've also been sitting on the other side of the of where I sit now, where I was afraid. Um and that for me it felt it felt like I was just only skimming the surface of what was possible for me in my life. So even though I've always been, uh, I've always been a cliff jumper, like <laughs> as far, you know, metaphorically speaking, like I've cliff jumped into new chapters many times in my life, but I've done that because that's, that's how I've been able to experience the depth of life and coming up against these parts of myself that like that little voice in the head that's like, you can't do that. You're not gonna make it if you do that. People, people might hate this thing that you do. People will judge you. People won't understand. You'll fall on your face. You'll be out on the streets, you'll die. Ultimately, that's what our fears in our mind come, come back to, right? Is that, that right. like, you're gonna die. And it's never, very rarely, is it that serious but it's it's registered in the body as if it is that serious well, so uh we we are over primed for fear um mm. 
So absolutely, a, a great example I heard is um, with fire alarms. The makers of fire alarms have to prime a fire alarm in a certain direction on sensitivity. Now we can have this fire alarm go off a little too often. Like, oh, you burn something on the stove, the fire alarm went off. And is that annoying? Absolutely. But, you know, two minutes later, fire alarm's off. You throw the food in the trash and order takeout. But uh, <laughs> they could prime it the other way where it's not as sensitive. And maybe half your house burns down and someone's put in danger because it wasn't sensitive enough. And the human mind has been primed to be too sensitive and fearful of things that ultimately almost never harm us. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a great metaphor. Um, just a perspective on how we spend so much time afraid and it could be time celebrating life, enjoying a walk outside or the person you're talking to or any number mm -hmm. of things, but we dive inside our own head and focus on the things that possibly could hurt us. Is that wasted energy? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate for becoming intimately acquainted with the mind. Because as soon as you get to know your thoughts and, 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 you know, I might sound like a broken record on this, but this is like, these are, this is like the key. When you start to identify the beliefs that you have about life, maybe unrealistic fears that you have about things, just your, your, your perspective on all things, life, success, failure, money, sex, relationships. When you take all those beliefs and you put them on the page, in self-inquiry work or self-study work where you're like making conscious your unconscious beliefs and programs, you can start to see, okay, how is this? Because you know what your life is like. You know what's working for you and what's not. So when you start to like assess what your worldview is, it can be very jarring. <laughs> like it can be very like, you can be taken aback by it. I know I was when I sat down and I started doing this work. So I was like, dang, I, that's not, I thought I was pretty optimistic up until I saw all this shit. Well, <laughs> you one, know, one thing I think everyone has noticed is polarity is so hot right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you better pick a side. You better pick a side and fight anybody that doesn't agree with your side People treat, mm. you know, social issues, politics, religion, uh, any opinion like they've picked a sports team and now I have to root for this sports team and anyone challenging my sports team is an enemy mm. and it doesn't have to be that way. No, no, that's not authentic relating. You know, and I think that's what we all really crave, whether we realize it or not, is that authentic, real, raw connection with one another where you can agree to disagree. 
Sure. You don't have to be, we're all each unique expressions. Like there will never be another us. And so why would we expect anyone else to see the world or believe things or feel about things exactly the way that we do? It's about creating harmony and letting, you know, staying in your own lane, <laughs> letting people, you know what I mean? Like letting people have their experience and, 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 and respecting that as you would want others to respect yours, your choices and your, the way that you live your life, you know, and, and your beliefs and how you see the world, you know, um, I think there's so much more power in inspiring others through who you're being than, you know, asserting your beliefs onto others. Like this is truth, you yeah. know, that doesn't feel good for anybody. Well, and we, we know it's going to happen every time we do that. The reaction is mm. defensive the same way we are mm. when we feel attacked and being compassionate, um, understanding, you know, this person and I are probably not going to see eye to eye on this issue. So do we want to spend all day making ourselves upset about it? Or do we want to spend our day finding something to appreciate, uh, finding something to be happy about? We don't have to solve every problem in every moment of every day. Yeah. Yeah, we can just be like humans. Yeah. <laughs> like Messy, it's, beautiful humans. <laughs> it's, it's capturing that mindset you had in childhood where yeah, mm, when when you're six when you're six years old, you might have a couple problems a day. Like, yeah, I gotta eat later. Um, <laughs> I made a I made a mess. My mom's upset about it. Um, but most of your focus was, oh, me and my friend are gonna color, or mm -hmm. I'm gonna go out in the yard and um, run around aimlessly and see if there's ladybugs on the plants and you know, it's, mm. yeah. we've lost that exploratory mindset because we're so concerned we're wasting time when life has primed us to, like I said before, worry about the next thing. Yes. Yes. Oh God. Yes. And this is, this is really important stuff to be talking about you know, because it's true that it is programmed into our DNA to evolve and grow, right? So like, yes, like the fact that we're looking for new things and looking for new heights to climb and things like that's perfectly natural and that's great. And at the same time, there needs to be more celebration when you reach, you know, and more ref reflection on like, wow, I, this is where, that's where I used to be. Look at where I am now, like pausing to enjoy the ride. That type of reflection. Yes. Not, you know, cause people will say I'm reflecting and then they just make a list of all the mistakes they've made. And mm. no, you need to say, no. I had that opportunity to grow. I was, yeah given the opportunity yeah. to learn what doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. And now yes. the rest of my life is going to be that much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, everything you're saying, yeah. I, 
I told you we were going to absolutely jive on this episode. <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm having such a great time. I'm so glad. Um, so I think <laughs> now would be a time to do a segment we do on every episode called Swift Kicks. I'm not going to kick you, I promise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Just a few, it's just a few quick, uh, fun questions, um, kind of jumping around a little bit. Uh, okay. I'm ready. I've always been tempted to ask like the most personal question ever to people. I'm like, <laughs> just, Oh God. <laughs> I was like, what's the worst thing I could ask? Uh, no, <laughs> but honestly, uh, of all the places you've been, do you have one that stands out as the most incredible? Peru. Yes. Peru was life-changing. Absolutely. The Andes mountains are. <sighs> okay. This is supposed to be quick, Rachel focus. <laughs> <laughs> the Andes mountains are like powerful beings. That's all I'm going to say. Peru magic. I, Absolute magic. you know, I know you've been a lot of places, but for some reason I was like, oh yeah, she's going to say Peru for sure. Mm. Uh, only yeah. because I've heard so many people say that. It, and like, there's others that pop up. Like some people say Costa Rica. Some people mm. say, I want to uh, go there. Some people say Jamaica. Um, mm. That might be misguided to an extent, but uh, yeah, Peru sure seems to come up a lot. Um, oh, it's a beautiful place. Here's a fun question. I know you're a bit of a musician. Mm-hmm. How much does music play a part in your positive state of mind? Oh, God. Music, yeah, a huge part. <laughs> I amp myself up when I need a boost with music, when I'm feeling my feels and I need to, like, dive within, put on music. I, when I want to, like, get into myself and just like feel anything I can tap into that through music. Music is like the language of the soul. That is, uh, basically what my Ted talk would start with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're a musician too. Absolutely. Um, are you guys, are you still playing with, um, a lot like love? You guys it's, still, <laughs> it's like, Oh, love. sorry. It's like love. A sorry. lot like love <laughs> is a fantastic Ashton Kutcher movie. But... <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like love. I'm so sorry. Um, no, we, so <laughs> we, there's a lot of people jumping in and out of that band over the years. Um, okay. I left it around, 2009 and since okay. then we've been doing occasional reunion shows every couple every couple years um mm -hmm. we did one maybe two years ago um it's always a blast it's just good to hang out with all those people again nice. see all the same fans again it's always the mm -hmm. same like 200 people there <laughs> oh. <laughs> True fans. Yeah, true fans and extended family, um, which oh, is, yeah. mm. you, you just feel so blessed that that many people care about listening to your noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
so what's what's your <clears throat> daily relationship with music look like is it you know on in the background through your day is it focused listening is it sporadic yeah it's it's sporadic for sure because i i love silence as well and i love quiet so usually when i'm playing music it's because i want to get myself like going or when i'm like deep focus like in my writing um there's certain music that i find like helps me feel inspired helps me like focus um but yeah it just really depends on the mood really depends on the vibe you know Absolutely. um i love music i also I, I equally love silence i think i have to wholeheartedly agree with you here mm -hmm. <laughs> nice yes it's funny i i remember so i was in another band for a while that practiced uh i'm in glendale right now they practiced here and i was living in gilbert so mm -hmm. every week i would drive this hour drive out to practice we'd play for you know four or five hours and so often the drive home would be silence mm -hmm. i just needed that balance like yeah. okay i've been pumped with drums and electric guitars into my head for hours. I just want this bliss of space mm. and, Yum. you know, reflection. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, it's like when you're in the dead of winter and you get in a hot tub, mm. it's that, uh, shock of difference. That's just so peaceful. Yeah. Switch gears. Absolutely. In integrate. <laughs> and yes. Yes. And so many people avoid those huge shift changes that just bring you such calm. And mm. I don't know, it was almost uh like a it was like the absence of noise was a hug. <laughs> oh, yes, it, I love that. I love that. Simply, the feeling of that. Yeah, it absolutely. Was, it was cozy silence is the best way I could mm. put it. Oh, that's yummy. <laughs> um, <laughs> is there something uh, that stands out as something you struggled with, uh, with embodiment? Something that feels like a speed bump that uh stands out where you're like man why can't i just shake this uh yeah yeah definitely um so giving up the fight that was what i struggled with for the longest time giving up the fight the fight against the moment and that i mean that's funny because that's almost the whole uh the whole practice is that right 100%. <laughs> You've been eating hair too? Yes, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think my when I when I reflect on the last 9 years, 8 9 years of my life being like heart deep in this journey of self-discovery, what I can see is that for the majority of that time, 
I was still very much fists clenched, uh, me against the world victimhood mentality, even though I was making leaps and bounds, right? And all these positive, incredible shifts were happening in my life. There was still that fight, that fighter, Rachel, who didn't want to, she didn't want to go away. She didn't want to put her fist down. And what ended up happening, and I feel like it was such an incredible blessing, but you know, finally I, I reached a breaking point where life brought me to my knees in such a humbling way. It drew all of the fight out of me. And I became so softened and humbled by it that I, I realized that I never want to fight life again because I want to be available for life to move through me and you can't be available for life to move through you when you've got your fists up and you've got your shield up keeping life out keeping life from fully touching you all the places and spaces within you that want to be touched and known by consciousness so it's yeah. almost like the life of uh the bubble boy we do we want to be safe if we don't get to experience anything mm -hmm. yeah and that's a great great analogy and you know sometimes you just gotta pop the bubble and uh yes. <laughs> maybe maybe the outside world make yourself vulnerable maybe it wasn't so dangerous after all mm -hmm. wow love that here's a fun question i like to ask people and even off of the podcast i like to ask people and a lot a lot of people don't have an answer which blows my mind because I have so many answers to it. <laughs> Is there something that's often on your mind that you're always dying to talk about with anyone who will listen? Like that one thing that you're just like, I can't stop thinking about this. Will anybody just, I just want to sit down and talk about this for the rest of time. Like <laughs> some, yes. some, some inner obsession. Yes. Consciousness. <laughs> isn't that such a big one oh my god that's a huge yeah. one. Oh god i i don't want to talk about anything else like i don't i don't do small talk i don't i just don't do it like I, i'm not i'm i'm like all about the deep dive i want the juice you know and and i want to like explore like what is this life about how how can i be even more ripped open and raw and open like in my life to receive more how can i experience more in this life that's all i ever want to talk about i don't ever want to talk about anything else nothing surface okay well so think about when like you get in an elevator and there's someone else there <laughs> crazy weather right <laughs> i want i i just had a brilliant idea we're gonna start a reality show where you hang out in an elevator and someone, oh my God. and someone gets on and you just give them this most like huge life question. Like, so, uh, what's, Dude. what's all this? What's the meaning of, of everything? Right. And they're like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> I love this idea. That is a fabulous idea. And like, oh my goodness. How many people would actually entertain the question? Like it, it feels like one in 20, maybe. Everyone's too scared. I think it might ruffle some feathers, Brad. Be like, leave me, <laughs> In a leave good me alone, way. weirdo. 
<laughs> it's funny because I'll ask that question and people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know how like you'll get something on your mind and you're like, man, I am obsessed with this right now. And mm. I feel like I'm the only one that cares about it. And they're like, no, I don't really have anything like that. I'm like, what's going on? In what's, there? Yours? <laughs> what's yours? What's uh, con yours? What's yours, Fred? Consciousness is a huge one. Um, yeah. uh, the nature of existence. Mm. Um, uh, what eternity means. Um, the thought of the beginning of existence. Uh, whether from a religious or non-religious perspective. The whole who made God conundrum, you know. Um, God, I feel like I could just go on a million tangents of ideas like this mm. where I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about mm. that for five hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it takes a lot of restraint on these podcasts for me to not just like beg these people to go on for a four or five hour episode and no <laughs> one in the world is going to listen to that. So yeah, I, I don't even know how to answer because I have too many answers. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I vibe with that. You're a Pisces like me, I am. aren't you? You're right. You're right on the cusp because it's about to be Aries season yeah. tomorrow. So that's interesting. Yeah. We're very, very deep into mysticism and the ethers, you know, curiosity about the ethers and the nature of existence. I mean, it's very much in our nature to be attracted to those types of things. Yes. Uh, my, my wife, uh, very adamant and playfully, uh, she playfully teases me about it. Like I'll do certain mm. things and she's like, yep, Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not, uh, I haven't really dove into astrology at all, but, uh, the little I know, I'm like, well, that's about dead on. So <laughs> must be, there must be something to it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, we've covered the tips of so many icebergs today. Um, Truly. It was great to hear about your ayahuasca experience, about your uh, embodiment teaching, and just to, you know, chat and joke around. And I yeah. feel so lucky to have had you on the show, especially as like a uh, birthday present. And uh, it feels like a reunion after, man, I just remember us hanging out as like preteens wander in yeah. the neighborhood so uh, awkward <laughs> yes, during the well, awkward awkward years <laughs> i mean for me they were they oh were yeah incredibly awkward yeah the, uh, yeah I, the i don't know how to act around the opposite sex years which is yes. <laughs> which is so fun um, yeah good times right so many sure. memories from those days well, this has been uh, just a blast, and uh, really I'm definitely going to have to have you back on the show again sometime. Um, until then, that. everybody go to rachelraspberry.com. Uh, she just got her site super decked out and uh, ready for your viewing pleasure. You can see what she's all about. Uh, check out the program, and uh, anything else you wanted to add to that? 
Yeah. Um, if you want to come play in my world a little bit more, I'm also pretty active on Instagram. So you can find me there. My handle is at being underscore Rachel Raspberry. So love to have you in my world and and uh, hang out with me over there on the gram. Yeah, if you guys uh, hate positive energy, just ignore everything she just said. Um, <laughs> every, every post, every post she makes, I'm like, oh, that was really nice. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, if you if you're scrolling through um, the daily news on Instagram and you're like, man, this is overwhelming negativity. Uh, just plug Rachel in there, and she'll break things up a little bit for you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Rad. But uh, thank you again. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. The Anytime Podcast with Brad White, produced by Brad White, recorded at Dudley Studios in Glendale, Arizona. Yeah.